Hey, and welcome to Epistle, a devotional podcast that goes through the New Testament one book at a time. How's it going, everyone? We're in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 today, starting in verse 1. Am I not as free as anyone else? Am I not an apostle? Haven't I seen Jesus our Lord with my own eyes? Isn't it because of my work that you belong to the Lord? Even if others think I am not an apostle, I certainly am to you. You yourselves are proof that I am the Lord's apostle. This is my answer to those who question my authority. Don't we have the right to live in your homes and share your meals? Don't we have the right to bring a believing wife with us, as the other apostles and the Lord's brothers do, and as Peter does? Or is it only Barnabas and I who have to work to support ourselves? What soldier has to pay his own expenses? What farmer plants a vineyard and doesn't have the right to eat some of its fruit? What shepherd cares for a flock of sheep and isn't allowed to drink some of the milk? Am I expressing merely a human opinion, or does the law say the same thing? For the law of Moses says, You must not muzzle an ox to keep it from eating as it treads out the grain. Was God thinking only about oxen when he said this? Wasn't he actually speaking to us? Yes, it was written for us, so that the one who plows and the one who threshes the grain might both expect a share of the harvest. Since we have planted spiritual seed among you, aren't we entitled to harvest a physical food and drink? If you support others who preach to you, shouldn't we have an even greater right to be supported? But we have never used this right. We would rather put up with anything than to be an obstacle to the good news about Christ. Paul switches to defensive mode in these verses, and it's almost comical how quickly he does it after making a significant point in 1 Corinthians chapter 8. And you see this especially if you read through the letter to the 1 Corinthians the whole way through. And again, I want to invite and encourage you that if you have the time today to go ahead and do that, even if it's just listening to an audio version of it, go through the whole book and see what different components are brought to your attention as you read through a book the whole way through. And you can do that, especially with the shorter books, but 1 Corinthians isn't too long when it's all said and done. So if you would like to, go ahead and do that. You see that Paul knows the Corinthians fairly well as he is their spiritual father, as we see that he is the one who went to help plant this church. And as they came to know Jesus, it is because of his work and ministry in the gospel. He knows them well enough to know how they will respond to his teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, which is why he comes and says, what he does in this chapter. You can about imagine the uh, Corinthian church coming and saying, well, who are you to say this to us? I am an apostle. That's who I am. I have the right to say this because I am one who has seen Jesus with my own eyes. I am one who came to serve you. You owe me quite a bit, which is why he starts this chapter with all sorts of rhetorical questions in verses one and two. Yes, Paul is as free as anyone else. He is an apostle. He has seen Jesus. He has done the Lord's work, and he has proven himself as an apostle as he's helped plant this church and establish these believers in their faith. That is who he is. That is why he has the right to say what he does, which is why he is so defensive in this. And he's using these verses to explain the attitude and the posturing that he has as he explains and writes this letter. And it's a posture of concern and care and love in the gospel, which is why he says what he does in the verses that follow. Paul points out that he and Barnabas work to support their own ministry compared to the other apostles who have been married at this point and are traveling around and serving Jesus with their spouses. 
Paul is looking at the work that he and Barnabas are doing in their ministry and is saying, shouldn't those who serve as ministers of the gospel be taken care of? Well, yes, obviously they should, because the church is the means by which God provides for people like that, which is why he quotes the law of Moses about the ox being able to eat the grain that is being threshed out. Paul and Barnabas have opted out of this provision. They have declined that right, even though they have the full right and capability to claim it anytime they want. They have bypassed that and chose to work to support their own ministry. You'll remember that Paul has been making tents in order to help support his ministry so that he is not a burden to a new believer. They don't want to be able to come to a church and say, well, here's this and I have this to offer. And it almost sounds like a sales pitch if you come and try to offer some truth or some knowledge or even the gospel and expect and demand compensation. They don't want to confuse new believers with this demand for compensation and support and housing and lodging and, and food and, and everything else that comes with supporting people like this. They don't want to do that. They also have the right to be able to come and say, well, you should continue to serve us to support our ministry. They don't do that, even though they that Paul encourages them to do that. And even though you see the response of believers as they become more mature in their faith to be able to support other believers, they do that on their own, which is why Paul has kind of set up his ministry in the way that he does in a bivocational sense where he could claim to be a pastor and a church planter, but instead he is working at, uh, at making tents as he does all of the Southern ministry. You think about the education that Paul has too, and making tents is well beneath his qualifications. He is one of the most educated people probably in the world at that point. And yet here he is doing what he can in order that other people might come to know Jesus. Paul cares about the Corinthians, which is why he writes what he does here. Paul is saying that I, I, I say to do this, the one who could ask for so much from you, but I will not, right? And it remove, and he's going to do whatever it takes to remove whatever obstacle he may so that people can focus on the gospel. Paul is saying this out of love and concern as one who could expect a lot from the church, who could demand a lot, but he doesn't because of his care. That is who says what, how they should act going back to what he has set up to this point about marriage, about the kind of food that they should eat. So as we consider Paul and his ministry among the other churches, what other sorts of things did Paul give up in order to preach the gospel around the world? Thanks for listening to Epistle. You can find, follow, and give feedback on our Instagram page at E underscore Pistle. You can find all of the episodes for this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, and please feel free to share them with a friend. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.